0: This is David Keane. Welcome to Quo's second season of the Future of Travel podcast. In our first season, we asked leaders from across the tourism spectrum what they thought would happen in light of an ever-worsening virus. Today, in mid-August 2020, we have some clarity. The equilibrium between economic need and safety is driving some improvement. The Northern Hemisphere's summer has shown the will of the people is to travel. It may be slowed, but it won't be stopped. In our second season, we want to understand this yearning. What compels us to travel? Where does that curiosity come from? And how do we see travel in a post-virus world? We hope you enjoy these conversations. Amanda Hills Balfour, president of uh, MMGY Hills Balfour out of London and global aficionado on, on, on tourism and great friend. Welcome to the Future of Travel, Amanda.
1: Oh, thanks, David. So nice to be here. Really appreciate the invitation.
0: Amanda, you and I go back a really long time and we've seen over the last I guess twelve to fifteen years of one being great friends, but also being heavily involved in the in the tourism industry, significant change. And while everyone's talking about the accelerator of the pandemic and 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 the pandemic being um the the, the transformative event for for global tourism, you've during that time you've you've focused on regenerative travel and more purposeful travel. And it's really interesting. It's actually really interesting for us because, as you've seen and as you've listened to in our podcast, we've talked to, about creating more purpose, not just in destination, but within within indiv- individual enterprises throughout 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 the industry. And we're seeing it in design, in, in behavior, in many, many forms. But you've taken a different stance on it over the last, I guess, during the pandemic. And you've talked about you've created a... Um, well, obviously a hashtag, but a a kind of a movement for regenerative travel. First of all, can you explain to me what is regenerative travel in your view?
1: No, absolutely, of course, yeah. I mean, regenerative travel is basically, you know, it's about building back better and leaving a destination better than we found it. So what we're doing is we're really making sure that when we travel, we think about it. We have more conscientiousness about travel. Um, and I think that's going to be a massive movement, which is, which is, as you say, it's been accelerated because of COVID. I think that means that, um, you know, w- w- when we look at the, the statistics, one in 10 jobs pre-COVID were in tourism. One in five new jobs created were in tourism. So the social impact of the pandemic is chronic. And if if we don't travel because people fear it, if people feel that by not traveling, that's a better, that's, that's better for, the, for the environment, then actually the social impact is going to be extraordinary. So what we've got to do is we've got to think in a very different way. And regenerative travel is obviously the answer.
0: Why do you think that, pe- that humanity, in the billions that travel, and the million, hundreds of millions that traveled pre the pandemic, why do you think they will all of a sudden have purpose? Or more purpose? You know, I, think,
1: yes. I think the biggest, the biggest reason, reason is because haven't we all got more purpose in our lives? Hasn't this completely enabled us all to, pl- to press the most massive reset button? Because we've all been locked down. We've all been inside pretty well right the way over the whole globe. And so we've taken a very deep and introspective look about what we are as people, as human beings, what we're doing to the planet. And I think that's just going to change everything that we do, all of our consumer behaviour. And I think that's that's where this is the biggest opportunity for travel and tourism. Because, you know, if you think about it, a year ago, if you and I were talking, even just a year ago, in fact, even probably nine months ago, one of the biggest issues we'd have been saying that's really been facing the world is over-tourism. Now, I don't even think it's going to be in a lexicon. It's just nowhere on the agenda. It's not an issue anymore. We, this summer... Um, you know, in Europe, people have continued to travel and we had the, uh, the opportunity to go to Italy and we went to Venice. It was extraordinary. I've never been to Venice before, but, you know, there I was with my children and they were telling me that it was a very different Venice from the Venice they'd been to the year before. I think we, we, we've seen how we can influence um, the, the, the issues that we, we raised in terms of man-made behaviour and I think we're going to be adapting that. So, yeah, I do. I think we've, I think we've all taken a really, a really deep look at what we do in terms of, you know, even when you look at our behaviour, we've, we've, because of the, the issues around climate change, which have just been so much more pronounced and, and, and so much more, I think we're so much more aware of them, that actually we've even changed our behaviour from meat eating. So, for example, we've seen a massive swing towards veganism. Um, and you know, it, all of that conscientiousness, I think, is going to come through in so much of what we do, and in particular in travel.
0: Right. I mean, I don't want to be overtly political, but seventy million people voted for Donald Trump um, about a month ago uh, in, in in the American election, and Trump, as everyone knows, took the um, the U.S. out of the of um, the Paris Accord and paid as a politician and to a point as um, driving a nation, paid less attention to the needs of the climate and to environmentalism as a whole. How will regenerative travel then be a catalyst for those people who may, not necessarily politically, who, who may believe less than those of us who understand the 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 terrible trouble the planet is in, and and, and and want to do something to help.
1: No, I think I, th- I think what's so exciting is looking at the new the the, the new administration and their approach and their attitude and. and you know, t- towards climate change. And I think we're going to see that. I think it's, it's very much on the European agenda, as you'll know. It's a really big, it's at the core and the heart of what we do as Europeans, you know. And, um, and I think particularly even for the UK, we're, we're going to be hosting the, um, the Climate Change um, Summit this year, um, which is, uh, sorry, next year um, in, in, in Glasgow, in Scotland. And we're looking to invite the world leaders to, to participate in that. So I think it's going to be really moved up the agenda. And I think when we look at, you know, the likes of the Gen Zs, they've long been aware of it. And I think that is actually going to have an upward push. You know, they have been living and breathing it every day. Climate change has such a serious impact on their immediate future, fueled by a sense of purpose which informs their purchasing decisions. But they're going to be leveraging that and pushing the other generations to ensure that they're adopting that. So I think we're going to see a massive transformative moment in this in, the, in in the point of climate change. And I think what you were saying earlier was that what COVID's done is it's accelerated everything, something we would never have anticipated. Even just back in January, February, we'd never have anticipated the the incredible transformation that COVID's had on all of our lives. And I think you know, in terms of climate change, that 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 really is very fundamental. I don't know whether you've had the opportunity to see the extraordinary um, David Attenborough um, documentary, which really is just quite inspiring. Um, and, it, it, you know, what, it, what he's really saying is, he's saying we have time to change. We can actually make a difference and we now have time to change, but we all need to get on board. And I think, you know, it's it's, it's not just even the U.S. I think, I think the world has really woken up to it um, and to, to, to embracing it at every level, um, when we look at what Saudi Arabia is doing from a renewable energy perspective, I think that's so exciting that Saudi is going to be leading the way in many of these sort of climate and uh, in climate initiatives and in, in, in particular in the sort of regenerative travel arena.
0: I want to come back and I, I want to um, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think I think I think that's incredibly astute. But I, I want to come back to you because it's something that we focus on massively, and I know you do too, and I know you're a believer in, in the catalyst that is Generation Z, right? The catalyst that they are, I mean, typically, hierarchically, the older generation has informed or led the younger generation. In my opinion, it's now the younger generation and the the purpose of the younger generation, such as climate change. Such as um, protection of culture, such as all of these amazing um, assets that you're creating within regenerative travel. Do you are you are you seeing that with specific examples in in, um, in, in with some of the destinations you're working for working with?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I do, and I, you know, I think it's it's that lovely statistic, which is twenty seven percent of the world's population, one hundred percent of the future. At the end of the day. I do think it's going to be our children that are going to be driving, um, really driving the conscientiousness of the way we're travelling in so many respects. And I think we are absolutely seeing that. I mean, you know, for example, um, Brand USA, which is the marketing body that markets the whole of the USA to international travellers, they have had a, a particularly major focus on talking about the national parks. The national parks, which are absolutely extraordinary, over 100 years old, Given to the American people by Abraham Lincoln as a place to be mindful as a place to go away and to and to enjoy and to relax and so actually you know how 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 clever that the, the destination is now opening that to the world so that people can go to America and experience things like the national parks which is so varied everglades in Florida right the way through to you know, Yosemite Park with with you know incredible wildlife, extraordinary flora, fauna, and you know, stargazing, right to Central Park in New York City. So, you know, I think, I think that sort of that whole idea that we can we can open up, we can get away, we can and, and the pressure that the younger generation are gonna be putting on to the parents to ensure that when they're traveling, that they're they're doing it with the right purpose, the right thoughtfulness. So I do think that there is going to be a massive influence. But I also think that, you know, and I think going back to COVID, I think it's presented us with a wake-up call. You know, regeneration, it impacts and resonates with every generation. Perhaps just some of the different demographics have been a bit slow to recognise it. But I think the world has now had this massive wake-up call, and I believe the appeal is going to be far broader And that's going to really have an impact in all of our consumer decisions when we buy, when we buy our holidays, when we both for leisure and for business. Indeed,
0: we'll come on to business in a bit because um, you know it's obviously the elephant in the room, and it's the elephant in 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 what we've been discussing over the last six months. And when you see, particularly the city hotels here in Asia. Um, and, and 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 around the world. I mean, their numbers are are still fairly shocking. Um, but we'll come to purpose and and city and urban hotels and regenerative travel to that in a second. But first, I'd like to focus a little bit more on culture and the the the, the purity of culture and the love that, particularly, the younger generation and 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 again. As, as 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 you know and, and it's been my life for the last thirty years in terms of in terms of being having the the the, the privilege to visit some of the most extraordinary places in the world um, and being able to work with different cultures and work to to understand their cult, to understand culture and to to reflect culture, be it in the written word or through image or film or 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 in in whatever way in whatever way we do it. And I think as you know, sort of just affirming what you're saying in terms of environmentalism, in terms of the younger generation and regenerative travel, whether it's in Africa or here in Asia, or to a point in, in the US and in Europe, it is that purity of culture that suddenly is going to become more sacred. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, you know, one hundred percent. I think the way that we're the way that we are going to build back better is to make sure that we're engaging with our local communities and the locals first, and then I think we're going to develop from there because that's what everybody really wants. I think authentic tourism, from the studies that we've seen, particularly for the consumer in in Europe, is really it's all about authentic and and actually experiential travel. When they go to a place they actually want to be, not just meeting the locals, but immersing with locals, doing what the locals do. So I I I couldn't agree with you more, David. I think it's really fundamental to um, to growing back is making sure that we've got that engagement.
0: Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And it's interesting. I mean, in in the hotel brands that we're working with at the moment, and both in Europe and in Asia, one of the things that I I mean I'm I'm working, as you know, massively in in kind of transformational branding and transformation, creating transformational hotel perceptions and the and the it's not very complicated you know previously when we was younger as younger people in london or wherever we were we'd walk past the hotel you'd never walk in because you couldn't it wasn't part of your thing right it wasn't part (laughs) of your life hotels were for somebody were, were for somebody else the whole idea in terms of branding and in terms of perception and engagement with local community is to create hotel brands where you can and Every other form of travel brand, whether it be at a restaurant or be it through airport, well, not so much airports, but any any cultural element within um, within a destination has to be driven from the community, and that's the point that you bring up, and that's the point that I think is is kind of fundamental to this.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think you know what we've seen as well is the local, you know, for example, with the hotels that have been engaged with the local communities that have been helping people throughout the pandemic, I think, you know, that that's what's going to pay dividends for those brands when they come out of this. You know, when you're looking at the way Shangri-La, the Shangri-La movement in China, you know, they were one of the first front lines to be feeding the the workers, you know, loved it that the Langhams offered short break stays to the NHS nurses um, to come with their partners to have sort of you know, short weekends, full seasons in New York. They were the very first to open their doors to offer, you know, coffee stations to all the frontline workers. I think those are the brands who are engaging with the locals who are saying, we're not just about commercial. We're actually about being part of your local community. What can we do to help? I think that's, you know, that's where brands have really really played such an important role. I remember there was a moment in COVID when um, all the retail, all the supermarkets got together. And they all sent out um, mail shots to the consumers within the UK. So this was in the UK, the the sort of Waitroses and the Tescos, and they all got together and they sent in a message and said, don't panic buy, don't buy your your loo rolls, don't go and panic buy so that your neighbour doesn't have the ability to go and buy things. So don't do that. But they got together as a brand. They got together. It was brand agnostic um, because they got together as an industry. And, and, and actually, that was the thing that really preempted us from working with World Travel and Tourism Council to create something called Together and Travel, which was the movement that you were talking about earlier. And it was really just to say, look, we all know that we're not allowed to travel. We don't want to. It'd be irresponsible for us as travel marketeers to try and encourage anybody to travel. But what we can do is we can all get our arms around this. We can all collectively come together and basically invite everybody to, to, to share their stories, and continue to keep travel on the agenda so that we can do that while we can talk, go through our phase of inspiration so that by the time we meet the invitation and the final booking stage, travel is still very, is still very uppermost in, my, in, in people's minds. And that's what we've got to do, David, as marketeers, is just make sure that we're continuing to talk about travel and the great things that, that travel represents because travel is a force for good, after
0: all. Right. I totally agree with you. I mean, I was really inspired I think it was in about April with the Portugal uh, the Portugal we're on we're on pause video I'm not sure if you if you saw that
1: yes the
0: and 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 we were lucky enough to do something similar for Phuket and 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 others but it is exactly that it's harnessing that 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 core beauty the the yeah I mean it's it's
1: oh isn't it just I mean New York did the most beautiful inspirational campaign with JC deco who obviously had billboards around the world um, and who was saying what, what is the message that we need to put out there and New York came out with this beautiful simple message New York misses you too and that was it and everybody saw that message and engaged with New York and sympathized with New York New York were you know New York have had a, a really tough time through covid um, and and what it's done is it's just kept that That desire to go back to New York, just bubbling underneath the surface, ready for when New York is ready to welcome everybody back.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you're and I think that what we've seen and what we're witnessing, which is almost hair-raising, is actually in our professional lifetime, probably the most transformative moments that that we will we will ever see in the perception of destination, city, region, place, hotel. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I really do. I I, I honestly don't think we could ever have imagined the opportunity to have nine to ten months of rethinking how we do it better. I I think it it just was... We were just getting to that point where we didn't know what to do, we didn't know how to do it. Look at what the airlines have done and the incredible... um, you know the auditing they've done to make sure that the planes that are going to be in the air have just got—they're so much more environmentally conscientious. They're so safe. They are so—you know—the the, the product, the products they've developed, the way they've developed—you know—to be safe and secure for the new customer, just is 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 really quite unparalleled. Um, and so you know the, the, there are some great things that are coming out of out of such a such a, a, a difficult period for the world.
0: Do you, I want to go back to something you said at the beginning and then get on to business travel. And we've really only got three or four minutes left, but um, I could talk to you for hours about this. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's hair raising. I mean, it's so, it, it's true. I mean, we, we, we love travel and, and there is so much to look forward to. I want to bring you back to something you said at the beginning, you know, in terms of over tourism. Are destinations really going to manage? That influx, are they really gonna say, okay, this is too much? Because I mean we're in Thailand where they were expecting 40 million tourists this year, which would have, you know, caused the endless endless not so much chaos, but more and more environmental um problems and, and, and challenges, and it would have just kept on growing. Well how how do you actually see that being controlled?
1: Do you know how I think it's going to be controlled? Because I think there's going to be a much better. I, I don't think. Um, I don't think there's going to be a destination marketing organisation as much as a destination management organisation. So oh, that's think, really interesting. I think all of those. You know, I, I think there's going to be a very different approach to management. I think it's going to be because it's going to be bottom up as well as top down. So starting with the local communities and getting them involved. So I think that by doing that, I think you're spreading out, for example, take New York City, where they're going to be spreading out the, the, you know, the tourism dollar over many boroughs. Slow travel is a massive trend. People believe people are going to go less frequently, but for longer. And therefore, they're going to be traveling, not to New York for a quick short break, they'll actually be traveling and going and staying in all the different boroughs. So you're actually taking that the, the, the dollar and and actually making it go further and spreading it across a much broader community. And the community will come to the table. They'll understand that and they'll start working together with, with with the destination marketeers, with the hoteliers, with the stakeholders to really encourage that because they're going to be building that. They're going to be mapping that out together, which I think is going to be quite extraordinary. I mean, I think... You know, look at the way we've seen Airbnb take off over this period. And I think that's what people are going to want to do, you know, really get that sense of engagement. You uh, mentioned, think,
0: sorry, sorry, go ahead. You mentioned Saudi um, and Saudi obviously Saudi Arabia now is, is positioning itself for it's a, a huge reemergence and there's a tr- transformation and it's 2030, it's 2030, um, campaign and and, and alignment and around particularly around tourism in 2030 is the pandemic and mindfulness and greater purpose and greater more regenerative travel going to feed into that
1: oh i think you know you, you touched on something so interesting david i think saudi arabia is going to be absolutely extraordinary i had the privilege to be brought up in saudi arabia actually um, so I saw something which was so special before leisure tourism was even allowed through the gates. I mean, so I think what's happened over the past year when the, when the leisure visa was um, was launched just one year ago, I think is, is a really big and exciting opportunity, the new projects that are being developed. And I think that really, you know, if a destination can talk really into the regenerative travel movement, I think that is honestly Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and I agree what's with coming, you. It's, it's not been more, be more exciting.
0: I agree with you. Let's just, um, and then my last question, and it's a difficult one, is business travel. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I mean, obviously the decimation of many hotels and some changes and, and, and management changes and ownership changes and terrible problems for the staff. How do you see the future? The short-term future, the medium to long-term future will probably take care of itself. But how do you see the short-term future?
1: Gosh, it's such an interesting question, isn't it, David? I think it's on the tip of so many people's tongues. I mean, how and what? Um, I, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a conference call recently, Arnie Sorensen, the CEO of Marriott, said he believed that there was a massive strength and big opportunity in the pleasure movement. So he really believes that what we need to do as marketeers is focus heavily on, on pleasure. Um, I completely concur. I think there's a big opportunity there. I think people, there will be people that will want to engage. There'll be, there will be business travelers that want to go out and about, you know, and have to meet and have to engage. But I think they're actually going to be extending that and looking at how they can take their partners with them, how they can turn that into a part of the leisure movement. Going back to the whole idea of slow travel is the new movement. I think that's going to be feeding into that. But I think ultimately what we've got to remember is that, you know, we're all consumers at heart. So behind every, every business traveler lies a consumer. There will be business travel. There will be some business travel movement. Perhaps it will take a little bit longer to start to grow back. Um, than we have before. So I think what's really important is brands have got to be transformative. They've got to be really creative. They've got to completely disrupt what's going on in the marketplace. There are opportunities. You know, if you think about the opportunity for people to travel and work abroad, it's never been more pronounced. That sort of nomadic traveler movement is absolutely extraordinary. Now's the time to get out for the next year to the new generation and say, Why don't you come and travel? Why don't you come and live over here in in, in Bangkok for for a month, for six months? Now you're allowed to do it. Um, You know, come over, travel, work remotely. Um, and, and, And never before have businesses been more open to it. So, you know, I think this is going to be open for those people and those brands who want to disrupt and the opportunities there. So I think now is the time to be creative, be dynamic
0: amanda hills balfour my greatest friend um i could go on forever and i would actually love to i'd like to to dig much deeper into that but unfortunately we're out of time thank you so much amanda for being our guest on the future of travel
1: david thank you so much you have you 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 are always an incredible inspiration and i really enjoyed being on your podcast